friends, welcome to the Let's Celebrate Learning podcast, where we discuss brain tips for the classroom. Today's episode is all about movement and choice in the classroom with our expert, Derek Lopez. He will share with you and me lots of tips on how to use movement and choice in our classrooms. I am so excited to have you, Derek. Welcome, and thank you for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you for having me. Well, tell me about you. I am uh, 35 years old. I have three kids, and uh, I started Stand Up Our Kids LLC about two years ago. How did your passion for power in, in, of choice movement start and develop in you? How did you start all this? So uh, about uh, three years ago, my son, he broke his leg in a bad ski accident, and he was in his wheelchair uh, when he started kindergarten. And in that time, it was such a bad time because I was so excited about kindergarten. He's my firstborn child. And it was a really, you know, exciting experience to get into kindergarten. But the problem was he was in a wheelchair for four months. And I honestly had to do something positive. So every single day I was trying to think of creative ways to make uh, Cameron feel better and feel good. And I was in the classroom with him volunteering. And he was sitting in that wheelchair and a light bulb went on. I said, wow, if he is in this wheelchair for so long, when he's done, he's going to want to stand up and he's not going to want to sit down for long periods of time. But I didn't feel bad because I noticed that he had the same activity levels as everyone else in the classroom, which was sitting down and doing a lot of sitting down. And so I felt like I had to do something about it. And the light bulb went on. I said, well, if we have all these standing desks for adults in the workspace. Why don't we uh, do this for children in school? And then I researched and researched and I read a book called Movement and Learning by Eric Jensen. And it's basically, it mapped out how the brain, you know, the cerebellum is responsible for uh, learning and movement at the same time. And so I started discovering all this science and all these really reasonable things. And I started a Facebook page. And then I started talking about how kids should stand up in class and they should have more movement and learning. And then an old friend said, hey, I think you should actually manufacture these on your own. And so I connected with that person. And within a few weeks, I had our first prototype uh, at my doorstep. And so I started really trying to figure out how schools would uh, like this idea and and why and how they would buy a standing desk. And then, you know, you fast forward to today. uh, We have product now in eight states. Took an order today for 12 desks uh, here in Colorado is our largest order. So that was really exciting. And then our, our desk is in all education levels. So elementary, middle school, high school, and uh, the college level. And so through researching everything and just really getting an understanding of this whole thesis of movement and learning and like this, the kinetic classroom and and then also the, the choice part of it is creating ownership for students. And for my son, when he got to second grade, that's when we, I really had this whole standing desk thing going. And, and so he had one for second grade. And uh, it really, really, really helped him. In the beginning, he didn't have it. And he was uh, that kid that 
wasn't sitting still and was fidgety and loved to socialize with a couple of friends and just kind of always really energetic, ready to go, ready to move. When we got on the standing desk, uh, it was a, like a little bit of a bargain. We said, look, we get it. Me and your teacher talked about this. You don't want to sit down. You're very energetic. We're going to give you a standing desk so you can kind of rock back and forth and move and have that movement opportunity. But what we need from you is engagement and tension. And then if that, but if that goes away, the standing desk goes away. So it actually created accountability because we were able to hold him accountable for doing, for, for doing his work and, and getting engaged in his learning. And then it became so habitual. He was so engaged that, you know, the behavior problems went away. They were completely gone, like, you know, periodically maybe. But it just, that little anecdotal situation, plus, you know, taking our prototype and, te- and having a test pilot with other schools, I just learned so much, like, you know, about choice and movement and learning and, and how powerful it really, really is. And you are able to hear back from teachers and you know yes yes so our test so what i did was when i when i designed the product i picked out a few teachers to connect with and i said hey i'll donate these to you in return i'm just i need feedback i need content i need information i just want your professional opinion and so that really, really was huge because all of that feedback from the teachers was how I created the brand and how I created the strategy, you know, it was feedback from the educators. And you know that there is a trend now which is called flexible seating. But if we focus on the comfortable seating and having a cured classroom, but we don't provide the main thing, which is movement, and I think that Many teachers have asked me, if I want to start with flexible seating, what, what is the first thing? I always say, have the opportunity to, to provide to students the ability to stand. That's the first thing. You have to get them out of their seats, not comfy seats, not bean bags. Don't start with that. Start with a standing desk because that gets them out of the sitting position. So you, your story developed out of a need, and I think it is a need an unseen need in the whole United States and even the planet. It is a need that we need to open our eyes and do something about it because our if we don't if we don't push our students to get up, they will be the whole day on a screen sitting down because that's how we are now. They don't have the opportunity so to go out and, and play anymore. And that's where so I totally agree where you know schools are reducing recess our society is very sedentary and um, a lot of people don't really understand it as much uh, because it's like a being a fish in water, right? So you're just so used to sedentary behavior and sitting down at your home and at your school. And my theory is, is that the curriculum is actually really good or it's good and it can be improved. And I think the system is, has some things that are maybe broken and people have all kinds of opinions, but I do think that if we simply give kids the opportunity to stand up, be more mobile and move more, school won't be as boring because my theory is is that anything is boring if your heart rate doesn't go above a certain level. So if you're sitting down all day as a child and your heart rate never exceeds a certain level, your 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 mind is not going to be in an exciting state. Stand up, your heart rate's automatically a little bit higher, and you're automatically in a position where you really can't sleep. I mean, middle schoolers are telling us feedback. 
that they love the standing desk because they it forces them to stay awake. And then when they stay awake, uh, they realize all this good information that they learn. So what's happening is, is that there's an environment gap. And it's not that school's boring. It's not interesting. It's that the environment is not conducive to exciting learning. And all they're doing is going from sitting to standing. Their heart rate's a little higher. They can't like crouch down and get it. And then that forces them to pay attention, to, to be engaged, and it forces them to have more confidence because yes. the natural position of an educator talking down to you um, creates a psychology that you are maybe below them, right? And so uh, students are telling us that when they stand up and they can see the whole classroom, they automatically feel more confident. And it's very easy, especially middle school, when you're sitting down to kind of hide down and not be noticed. And now kids that are using it are, like I said, they're standing up, their chest is out, they can see the classroom, they're much more visible. And that's creating a confidence in certain kids because they just say psychologically, they stand up and they stay awake, they, they're more interactive they're more aware of what's happening in the classroom big impact when you want to improve in something you have to be intentional about it and put effort so if you're just sitting down even your attitude changes because you're just sitting down you are not with your body showing that you are into the lesson and i also um, read a book about happy brain happy life that movement is the most transformational thing that you can do to your brain the most out of all the things out of all the tools that we use in the classroom movement is the one that affects the brain the most so we need to use it we need to use that for our advantage no one has ever created monumental change in our society by sitting down none of the monumental changes or inventions or you know improvements to our society have never happened from people just sitting dormant and sitting sedentary you know movement is it's almost like it's weird to people when they when you're talking right now uh about movement and learning because they're so trained to just sit there and absorb sit there and absorb but what people aren't realizing is that by sitting there you're really not absorbing anything like you said when you're standing and you're engaged and you're moving that's intentional and then being intentional forces your brain to learn being unintentional is really uh how do i say if you're unintentional, you don't really care. And if you don't really care, you're not going to learn. No, no, not at all. And also, what you are um, providing is not only movement, but also choice. Because they are not forced to be standing up for eight hours. They now have the option to stand up, to sit, but that is the option. And in my classroom, I always say, you have to prove to me that that works. And that always works. I never had to say, uh, don't stand there anymore. But that gives them the option. Where do I learn better? <laughs> there, uh, inside my rocket ship, on the bouncy chair. They know themselves and they take charge of their learning. So it is not me forcing them to learn. It is them to know, get to know them better, to see how they function better. And they will need that for their real life. But you need to know how your body reacts, how it performs better. So we are teaching this young brains to make those decisions already for them and not by teachers yes and i i i really think when i talk to educators you know like yourself so many people say that you know we have a, a system in place you know we just need to improve it we need to enhance it and and we can be on our path and i i really believe that i don't think that we have like this you know horribly broken system i think uh, i genuinely believe some small enhancements here and there can put the education system on a new path and i i know people probably think i'm crazy when i say this but 
I do genuinely believe from the bottom of my heart that this piece of furniture can change the, uh, the entire system. And, and here's, here's what, how and why. So if you walk into the classroom of assigned seats every single day for 13 years, you have literally trained your brain and deactivate the choice, right? So you walk in, it's an assigned seat, you go right to the assigned seat. That, that 10 seconds in every classroom in the beginning of the class is a deactivation of your self-awareness and decision-making skills, right? Yes. So then you take sample B, you go into yes. classroom every single day, and that first 10 seconds, there's no assigned seat. You don't know where to go. You have to make that choice, and you have to actually think to yourself, uh, where do I learn best? And so if you do that 200 days per year for 13 years, you are programming self-awareness into these children you are literally teaching them subconsciously how to think for themselves and they probably you could do this for the next 13 years and that sample a and sample b are going to be completely two different people you know the sample a is going to think for themselves a lot less sample b is literally going to walk into a they ever walked into a classroom and were forced to sit somewhere they would be like that's crazy so that's changing society changing culture because my son will never go to another classroom not believing that it's his freedom and his choice. He's positively jaded now because now he can't think of a classroom like, how does that work? I'm not allowed to stand up. That's not my freedom. We're in a free country yes. and the assigned seat, the assigned seat theory or the assigned seat methodology or whatever you want to call it, assigned seats are one of the biggest killers to freedom. Um, because you train your child to actually, you actually train your child to actually not make decisions for themselves. You train your child to say that th this is not your choice. You don't have this choice. And then when they turn 18, they have this giant plethora of freedom that they have to work with and adapt to. So when they get to that age, if they haven't been trained to think for themselves, then they crash, right? And so a lot of these empty nesters, they say, you know, I have a kid in college or they're graduating from college. And, and so uh, when they graduate, they've been trained for so many years to, to not think for themselves that it ends up being they have that opportunity to create a brain that thinks for itself. And I think, honestly, you know, there's obviously a lot of enhancements, improvements that need to be made. But that one little change can literally change our education system and change the adults that we're putting out into the workforce. Exactly, we are changing our way of thinking. When I first received your standing desk, I put it there and they were, we were all excited because it is, it is a real, it is gold. Like my kids do everything on it and <laughs> it is still as new, it is really strong. Yeah. Thank you for so much for having this mission and this wisdom to change. Our teachers did their best, but now we know better. We know better. We need to do better. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I think social media connected to all of this because here's the gap. So everyone in the last 10 years has uh, been ramping up into social media and our culture has changed where millennials get criticized because they take selfies and they create content and baby boomers are not used to that. They don't know that. They know a uh, a consumer world where the communication platform that they were raised on uh, was a one-sided 
platform called television to speak their voice and to be a creator in the marketplace, to be a creator in our, in the general public, baby boomers don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to train millennials um, because they've grown up in a system. Then this is not hating on uh, baby boomers. This is just a part of society and culture, how we've evolved. Baby boomers came from television and they came from sitting in assigned seats. Those two things are, it's not a negative thing because it's just what we were mm -hmm. at that point in our society. But that is, uh, I like to call consumer training. So if you are being told to what to do from your entire length of school, and then uh, in your home life, you have a one-sided communication platform pushing messages to you and you can't communicate back. In my mind, I call that consumer training. Creator training is when you go into a classroom, you don't have an assigned seat, you're taught how to think for yourself for your entire time in school, and then you go from there into a world of social media where you can actually think for yourself, create your own ideas, create your own content, connect with human beings. So in my personal opinion, school and TV you know, uh, were designed to create consumers. Now we can change that. School and social media can, can help uh, create creators because we want to put creators uh, into the world. We don't want to put consumers into the world because, um, yes, we live off of consumerism and, and that fuels our economy. And you're going to have to buy your jeans and your car. I get it. But uh, when you create creators and you put creators out into society, that helps with innovation and progression. I think there's a lot of change going on right now, right? So when I was in school, I didn't think it was possible to stand up and my thoughts and my beliefs to the world didn't matter. Now, kids are allowed to stand up in the classroom. We're giving more and more schools that opportunity. And I can say whatever I want to say on social media. Mm -hmm. So the world, from when I was growing up, today is a completely different world and so there's a lot of pessimistic people out there that you know the world is 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 a horrible place and it's and, and it's getting worse i think it's getting better because of the new opportunities that are given to children like you know instead of banning the youtube why don't you teach a kid how to start a youtube channel like th these are very basic ways of thinking that we have to kind of break out of because we're creating these consumers then they get to 18 and they don't know how to think for themselves. They don't know how to create their own life. They don't think that their passions are worthy. They don't think that their thoughts matter. That was a baby boomer. A baby boomer graduated, either went to college or got a job, and they were literally put into the system as a tax-paying consumer, mm -hmm. never really giving them themselves the opportunity to think for themselves and be independent thinkers. And now that independent thinking is on the rise it's just a shame to see millennials get so criticized and millennials get put down because that's a generation that we should be uplifting and really supporting and what is a better place for them to start developing that idea of creating but the school what is a better place where they are living seven, eight exactly. hours a day. I, Derek, I, I so enjoyed exactly. talking to you. We can go on for hours and hours and hours, but I, I want to say, because that's our passion. That's my passion. I want to, I want my, the ones yeah. who is listening now and my friends in my social media to keep listening from you, to keep learning from you, from your mission, from your wisdom. Where can they find you? 
But before you do that, I want to tell my audience a final advice. After all, you have given because everything is good. Everything is good. But what is a final advice for them? Where can they start? I think if you have an idea that can positively impact people, I think we're in a time right now where it's worth sharing your idea is worth sharing and your idea your opportunity to get that idea out into the world and really positively impact people your opportunities have never been greater than than today and so yeah it might not be the conventional wisdom your parents might not like think you're you're sane you might get criticism from your friends i mean it might you know you might get it in all directions but if you really believe in this idea and you really believe that you can make an impact, just go for it. Just clear your mind, get all the noise out, and just go for it because there, we, we need more ideas. We need better ideas to help progress our society and, and really improve how we're doing things. And, you know, I, I, I want to tell that to parents, teachers. Um, if you have something to share and that's going to impact people, please share it. Don't be afraid of what people think. Just go for it. That's why I'm sharing your ideas because they are awesome. They are awesome. And uh, can you tell us where to find you? Where yeah, can so we you find can you? find us at standupourkids.com. Yep, standupourkids.com is our website. And then on uh, Twitter, uh, you can find us at standupourkids. And then um, uh, Instagram, you can find us at standupourkids. And then Facebook, uh, standupourkids. Uh, for Instagram, you can find me at stand up, stand up dad. And I post more like, you know, personal brand stuff uh, on there. And so, yeah, check me out, message me. Honestly, um, this is how I build my brand and build my audience is by making these connections um, and just, you know, spreading the word. I thank you so much for your time and I feel privileged that I have one of your desks in my classroom because it is making a difference, Derek. I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for doing this for us and for many children around this country. Okay, friends, the end of this episode is here, but not our love for teaching and learning. So stop by the show notes to pick up your gift. No need to enter your email, just click download all my brain tips for your classroom. These beautiful designed posters will remind you of all the easy to implement best practices you can start using today in your classroom. You will love having these tips at hand at the time of planning and prepping so your lessons can stick in your students' brains for a long time. Talk to you soon. In the meantime, share this episode with your teacher friends and let's celebrate learning.